0: Podcasting live from Slagwoods Bridge on the Plain of Meriden. This is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome, everybody, to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham, and joining me is Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. Hi there. A reminder before we begin that Tap Tap Concede is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreoncom loading ready run and our good friends at Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdomcom LRR. Let's them know that we sent you over there, and we do that routinely because we like them and they're good folks and they'll sell you cards for a good price and ship it to you really really fast and you can tell them loading ready run sent me a button please and they'll give you a little one inch button which right now says changelings are cowards I completely redid the order of how I said that, and it almost messed me up. I don't know why I did it that way, but here we are. Anyway, today on the show, it's a Q&A episode. It's the, I was going to say summer, but it's not. We did a Loading Ready Run YouTube update over on the Loading Ready Run channel, and I called it the spring update, because it's not technically summer until 21st of June, and people were like, huh, spring. It's like, yeah, it's, yes, it is yes, spring. Yes, it is literally spring. This is what spring is. It's yeah. true. But I don't know if this is, I'm, I'm just going to call this one the June. 2021 q a to avoid but graham but graham i'm listening to it in july mm. james is letting
1: us know actually that by the time that the, the, this recording this podcast is available it's going to be summertime
0: but what if we want to do another q a in like late august or uh, early september <laughs> just call it part two says james all right well fair enough or even mid-september so we we put out the call on the lrrmtg twitter account for some questions and james has collated a bunch of them and uh, i have them here but before we get to that this surprised us in that we had already planned that this was going to be a Q and A episode, and then Wizards went and dropped new secret layers, or announced the intent to drop new secret layers. They go on sale possibly the day you hear it. They 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 go on sale two days from now, and we're not going to go too deep on them because we do want to make sure that we get to the questions, at least the questions that we pulled aside. But holy moly, there's so many cards. I will try to move fairly briskly. And then either of you, please feel free to jump in if there's something you want to talk about in more detail. First up is the Saturday morning D&D set, which is cards with art inspired by the old Dungeons & Dragons Saturday Morning Cartoon Show. Whoa. And it's very, very silly. It's uh, Commander's Fear, Heroes Downfall, Impact Tremors, Primal Vigor, Unbreakable Formation, and Whirr of Invention with the old, not particularly good art from the old Dungeons & Dragons Saturday Morning Cartoon Show.
2: Yeah, that, that this is something. Yeah, yeah, sure is. I think I'm going to pass on this one. I like that it exists. I think yeah,
3: it's funny yeah. and
0: neat, but I'm like... Yeah. I I don't love it. Various people's (laughs) uncles are going to buy them this. Yeah. Right? Um, A lot of ones this round leaning into particular artists, which Mm -hmm. is kind of cool. So there's the second in the artist series. We've had artist series Seb McKinnon already. And now this is artist series Mark Poole, whose art you can see has improved greatly over the years because it's got some of his original art from Birds of Paradise and Counterspell. And God, I love Howling Mine. The old Howling Mine. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some of these appearing in the modern card frame for the first time. And then some newer art for balance and brainstorm. Oh, and Wasteland is in here as well. So that's cool. The the OG Birds of Paradise and the counter spell with the the, the like whittled fingers. I don't know. The like, pew. Yeah. The, the slide whistle spell. Yeah. Fizzle fingers.
1: I'm just looking at this one for the first time. And like, if you play Canadian Hollander and don't have at least, I don't know, two of these cards, you probably want to jump on this. Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is just a quite good deal.
2: Yeah. Like, Wasteland plus anything really is pretty <laughs> yeah, like, pretty solid.
1: Birds and balance. And even, I mean, Counterspell, I guess, has been reprinted a bunch lately, but Counterspell, like, I don't know, throughout my career of working at Yellow Jacket, like, has at various times been $2. And like, Like, same goes for Brainstorm. I don't know. A lot of these cards are probably pretty easy to get now, but Birds of Paradise often has been kind of expensive if it hasn't been reprinted recently, and Wasteland has been up to like 50 bucks or more before. So, I don't know. just just seems like a lot of value here. Yeah. And some cool pictures.
0: There's two different secret layers with special guest artists. So, we've got special guest Fiona Staples, who's a Mm -hmm. comic book artist worked on saga yeah probably most famous for saga yeah so dryad of the elysian grove metallic mimic i love the metallic mimic uh sakura tribe elder soul Scar mage and spell queller very cool stuff there and that then, might be my new favorite steve art it's a very good art for sakura tribe elder yeah and then also a special guest jen Bartel. yeah who has recently done like uh run on wonder woman mm-hmm. and so she's illustrating archaeomancer bloom tender mesa enchantress and meteor golem one day
2: i will find out what happened to my Bloom Tender. I was just gonna say, is this the first reprint of Bloom Tender, or was it? I in, believe it is.
1: Was it in Mystery Booster or something like that? I feel like it's barely been reprinted, so still probably a kind of exciting reprint for that card.
2: And it's like I prefer the chippy art, but not by much. I honestly really like this.
1: I really like this Archaeomancer, and
0: like that's a card I play. So I don't know. Maybe I want to get the one. Of meteor those. Golem, capitalizing on on the internet's newfound love of giant women, I assume. <laughs> well, newfound publicly acknowledged love, at least. Also, there's the complete edition, very funny, of the Phyrexian Praetors. So all five of the Scars of Mirrodin block Phyrexian Praetors printed in the Phyrexian language with the cool border like mm-hmm. Vorinclex had on Kaldheim. So it's Elish Norn, Ginga Taxis, Sheldred, Urabrask, and Vorinclex, Voice of Hunger. I'm i mean for these. I don't know. It's kind of annoying to judges
1: that they're reprinting this Elish Norn, but I think it's the second time in the past month they've done that. So mm. what, whatever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think the the judge foil Elish, Phyrexian elishnorn probably still has like recognizable swag.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, you can tell the printings
2: apart. So that's yeah, it, it has a cleaner border.
0: Rather, like, confusingly timed is Mother's Day 2021. It's releasing... Yeah. It's on Father's Day? On Father's Day, I think? <laughs> Just about, yeah. Which is kind of funny. But yeah, it's four copies of Mother of Runes, Borderless, Illustrated, by leave Prima, Elliot Mitchell, and Rebecca Gay. Hey, Rebecca Gay's back. The actual description on the Secret Lair site is like, and yes, you read that correctly. Rebecca Gay is back. Yeah, pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So there's four really cool illustrations on Mother of Runes there. Weirdly timed, but a very cool set. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, the ones that excite me the most is this pair of drops by Dan Fraser. And it's the Ravnica Signets. One is the Allied Signets, and one is the enemy signets, and they're printed in the old border style. And if you're unfamiliar with Dan Fraser by name, probably best known art is for illustrating the original moxes. And so they got Dan Fraser to illustrate the guild signets in the style of the original moxes, and they look amazing. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I really,
2: really like these. I think they're interesting. I kind of actually love Gruel Signet the most as being like these two uncut gems Tied together with leather yeah. straps.
0: I'm a big fan of the 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 Orzhov one. Demir looks really cool. I like the Boros one with the balancing shields. Yeah, the Selesnya one.
2: Also, yeah. I really enjoy it because it's such an interesting take on the idea of growth. Because mm-hmm. it's it's wild crystal. Yeah, right. It's a naturally forming like crystal formation, which I think is like a very Selesnya way of looking at a mineral. Yeah, right? like if
0: you've got to have like this artificial me- metallic thing, then it should grow
2: wild.
1: This is really cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. What I'm also really, really excited about for these ones in particular is that all the other ones that I've mentioned are available in regular or in foil. And these two only are available in regular or foil etched. Yeah. No idea what that's going to look like. I don't know. Have I even seen an old
1: border foil etched card yet? Has, has that been happening for the last couple sets? sets?
0: Oh. Yeah, there's been some in uh, Modern Horizons too. Okay, right. So it actually says on the thing, it's like, what is foil etched? Traditional foil cards have a rainbow holographic pattern with a smooth surface in the foiling. Foil etched cards have a texture in the foil it also helps them not be curly
1: right they, they've been a success yeah the, the foil etched have been a
0: success in the packaging okay
2: i i think i might be getting these they keep growing on me and like the signets
0: are always useful yeah yeah i think i'm i'm probably in for the signets to be perfectly honest and then of course there's the the like bonkers priced but technically with the savings bundles of everything you can get everything in not foil everything in foil and then also just everything of everything which is all of both
1: and the price is oops all fours.
0: Yeah, it's four hundred and forty-four dollars hmm. and forty-four cents, which is technically a savings of over a hundred and ten dollars compared to buying everything individually. If C- that is something that you were
1: into, congrats, capitalism! You've gotten us to think of that. <laughs> yeah, we consider spending like,
2: you know, a rent payment as gaining
1: a savings.
2: <laughs> I mean, I remember i remember playing warhammer way back in the day and looking at a box of like vampire knights that had just been released and thinking 120 dollars isn't a bad price for five models and just <laughs> wanting to stuff myself in a locker.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i just want to say about the dan fraser signets it kind of it's like it, i think it is a really cool use of secret layer because and and kudos for pulling it off like i don't know how hard it was to get dan fraser to come back and know he hasn't done any magic art recently other than this that, that we know of and uh, it just really feels like a, a cool use of like the kind of alternate universe feeling of secret layer where you're like well okay hey what if we had done a bunch of things better off the hop in magic right like you know everybody likes the moxes but like what if they were the signets instead or what if we had just kept dan fraser around to do the signets like you know a third of the way into the current magic history they Gosh. also
2: feel like I think quite successfully, like what the pop, at least what the popular conception of medieval jewelry would look like, mm-hmm. right? They're they're not quite as as fine as, well, except for the Golgari one, as the as the current signets.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I dig it. All right. So yeah, there's a butt ton of secret layers. They're on sale by the time you're hearing this. So if that's something that you're into, go do that. Or you cannot, because I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. But what I am going to tell you is the answers to these questions that you asked. So let's start with that. And one that actually sort of leads in neatly from talking about a bunch of the stuff that we just were talking about with the secret layers. First question here from Ral: Do you have any favorite magic artists? And is there a card that you'd love to have with artwork done by them?
2: I would love a Wiley Beckhart brainstorm. Love to see what she'd do with that subject.
1: Yeah,
0: mm. that'd be sweet. I would go for more hand attack spells
1: from Wiley Becker. I really like Go Blank. thought that mm. one was fantastic. So, like a Thought Seas or a Duress by Wiley Becker would also be cool. I like Seb McKinnon and I would like more lands from Seb McKinnon. Currently, you can get a Swamp, but it's pretty expensive. But, you know, I would be very excited if we got like a full art land that's in a booster pack or like a cycle of them that were done by Seb McKinnon.
0: I'm a big fan of Raymond Swanland when we started playing, when we came back to the game, when I came back to the game anyway. It was around when Zendikar was in Standard, and all of Swanland's uh, very spiky, pointy creatures I thought looked really cool. And, you know, over the over the years, he's, uh, you know, like, shaved down the points here and there. But I just I really like that, that kind of style. I don't know what, like, is there a card maybe from, like, Strixhaven that I think would be cool to have seen with his, with that style? I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most recent set. Hmm. I can't so- think of, like, a card that i would want he
1: probably would have done a good grape shot or tainted pact
2: yeah yeah in the uh, the the mystical archives
1: yeah Mm. speaking of mystical archives actually i also i think i i i happen to like really like the art of some of the artists that no longer work with magic the gathering for non-art related reasons and uh, i think they could have done some good ones in mystical archives i won't mention them here but
0: yeah that does come to mind Mm -hmm. it's like lash of malice could have been uh that could have been a cool swanland for sure. Cool swanland. maybe the explosive welcome some of the like the the Prismari spells with lots of fireworks, blot out the sky. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. The cards from Strixhaven that
2: are not from the school, right? Oh, like the Wandering Archaic. That could have been a
1: great swanland actually, yeah.
2: Or the Blood Deep, blood <laughs> out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the blood demon. That would have been a wild Swanland piece, right? You're just like, you're in Strixhaven. Everything is very not Raymond Swanland, except for this thing, which is. And that would be a kind of like very interesting art declaration,
0: right? Of its alienness yeah now swanlin did actually have art in the set he did belladross witherbloom you know but i again it over the years his art has sort of like fit in a little more and been less distinctly like well that's spiky as hell who's us oh, that's, that's gotta be swanlin you know it's a little mm-hmm. bit more sort of in keeping with the rest of the set but still very cool i'm a i'm a i'm a big fan also just all the ones that everybody else said and and likes
1: yeah i'm a big fan of a lot of the magic artists like i'd love you know i, I love getting to see new rebecca uh gay paintings
0: i mean i do also quite like wayne reynolds who did wandering archaic right like i'm not yeah to... oh yeah it's yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: great steve argyle has lots of good stuff they've got they're getting new people in regularly i don't know how to say this correctly but it's like tn who x has some of my favorite land paintings like over the years and mm-hmm. i also like i want to say jason cho there's been some some just fantastic basic land art in the past five years
0: yeah yeah i think on that note i think elena danner has done a bunch of really sweet stuff yep. on the basic land front sam burley
2: i'd like to see chippy come back for something
0: sure bring back chippy esper art <laughs> yeah chippy god esper mm-hmm. I Also feel. quite yeah, like absolutely igor kirlik kirliok yeah whose first stuff i think for who that his first stuff was the living weapons Ooh, right yeah so they were like they were and like he did most of the living weapons so they were really distinct looking and again has done other stuff since then that's less like visually separated from other art in the sets but in the scars block having the living weapons be a like very distinct visual i thought was really cool so next question lotus bloom asks what's your favorite new card of 2020
1: Ooh, i kind of like the uh, sorry was it underworld revolt like the one red and one generic enchantment from theros that gives everything in your graveyard escape underworld breach underworld breach thank you yeah, uh, yeah. it's like it's like kind of a busted card but it was a cool busted card that like i don't know just worked in a, in a different way than most of the other busted cards felt like like you know <laughs> does that make sense like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it wasn't yep. like a particularly subtle card and it was like clearly going to be broken you know in older formats but I just, I enjoyed the way that it kind of shifted the tapestry of Canadian Highlander. I was like,
0: that's Theros beyond death. The question said 2020. And yeah, that that was absolutely 2020. That was (laughs) January 2020. Well, geez. So I guess we're looking at Theros, Coria, I mean, Corset. And
1: Zendikar. Zendikar Rising, yeah. Plus, like, whatever supplemental stuff. Like, I don't know, is Rick from 2020? Is that anyone's favorite card? Which one? Rick from, from The Walking Dead.
0: Oh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's a card from 2020, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, strictly speaking, that that sure is. What, what did I really like? I mean,
2: I guess, uh, what was it? Rampart from Ikoria. I thought it was a really interesting take on a, on a uh, blood artist.
1: Oh, yeah, Battlements or something? Or the,
2: the yeah. Bastion. Bastion, Bastion. But- Bastion of Remembrance. Bastion, Bastion of Remembrance. Of Remembrance. Yeah. See, I'm good at things. Yeah, I thought that was that was that was quite odd. I liked it. What else? 2020 was just kind of a blur, tbh. I like yeah. the try.
1: I like the triomes. Like yes, yeah. They're, yeah. Like they're clearly a pushed card, but you know the the philosophy of like modern land creation just kind of seems to be like okay we've tried various different things with like how much we ratchet up how good the mana bases are but we figured out in standard we just like always want it to be good enough that you can play three color decks if you want to so just make sure that there are lands so that people can cast their spells. And that's great. It turns out that's just a win for everybody. People playing mono colored or zero colored decks are still, you know, happy. Like they're not going to be mad about it. And people that want to play greedier mana bases have more options. And I still think there's some balance to the triumphs. I like them a
0: lot. I know that Omnath was very quickly determined to be absolutely busted and needed, mm-hmm. needed to be dealt with. But I do I, I do like Omnath. Just like in general, like I had an Omnath commander deck way back with the the green one hmm. and this like this new omnath was very cool it was a really cool ability it ended up being way too powerful but uh, you know it was like oh neat hey what a what you know what a cool idea that it like rewards you for making multiple land drops in a turn you know like oh that's neat and definitely not abusable and 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 <laughs> ultimately a mistake but okay. you know I, I thought omnath was cool
2: yeah i mean i I remember that spoiler thread for Omnath and people complaining that it only got one or once you had all the triggers, it didn't get any more. Right. And it was underpowered. Right. Just going to file that one away with the Jace the Mind Sculptor hmm, uh, hmm, spoiler hmm. discussion. Um, but I maybe Croxa is actually my favorite. Oh, Ooh, yeah.
1: Croxa's from that year too. Yeah. I know, right? It's a it's I a good know. card. I like that
2: one. Yeah. Of the Escape Titans, uh, mm. I feel Croxa hit the sweet spot unlike some yeah. other titans i could mention <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: politely that's refrain awesome. from discussing at this time right? yeah who i will not name by name yeah deprive it the oxygen of attention oh man you know what was in course at 2020 yarok oh what really that was twenty no. twenty.
1: yeah that's not right yeah the five mana three five that doubles triggers yeah Okay, well, it wasn't the first printing because I remember playing in Paper Commander with Adam playing that deck.
0: Oh, I know what the problem is, is I was looking at Corset 2020, but it would have been Corset 2021 is the one that mm-hmm. came out in 2020.
1: <laughs> yes, Neo.
0: So there's, I was traveling through time in the wrong
1: direction. Oh gosh, Ikoria also gave us Sprite Dragon. Oh, and yeah. while I haven't had a ton of reps of that card yet, it clearly like has my name written all over it.
0: There was a lot of really cool stuff in Ikoria. I liked the mm-hmm. Mutate. That was
1: neat. It was clearly like a pretty pushed set, like the... Yeah yeah there's a lot of really powerful stuff
0: here's one that was actually in in the proper core set sublime epiphany Ooh, yeah yeah yeah. that's good four blue blue instant with four modes and you could choose as many as you want counter a spell counter an activated or triggered ability return a permanent to its owner's hand create a token that's a copy of a creature you control and target player draws a card
2: a whole new way of comboing with eternal witness (laughs) right like cryptic command that's that's old and busted, but Sublime Epiphany for a mere nine mana. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Gargaroth was first printed in M21. Uh, another name I will not speak. <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
1: I played a deck with Terror of the Peaks and Gargaroth for a while there. The Naya Ramp or not Naya, Temur Ramp deck. Yeah.
2: I mean, it still bothers me intensely that Gargaroth is not standard playable.
1: Yeah. Or Questing Beast, both I mean, isn't that weird? Your opponent sits down across from you and like plays a tap land and then a mana dork on two and then proceeds to play Questing Beast into Elder Gargaroth on turn four and it's like, Yeah, what's what's this jank pile you brought? (laughs) Like, oh, I remember my first deck. Is it more
0: playable in historic then? I definitely saw it at one of the championships
1: yeah no it was gargaroth was in this deck i'm describing that was like a top tier deck that was you know doing the doing the lotus cobra into beanstalk giant and like Uh, going for the the ultimatum that casts a bunch of spells but i don't know the meta shifted away from that deck i can't exactly tell you why but probably because it's bad to rogues i would guess because rogues has been a pretty big deal since sendikar came out which is after the sets we're talking about
0: stupid rogues
1: yeah rogues (laughs) important important part of the the shakedown but yeah 2020 i don't know i didn't like the limited sets as much as call time which was 2021 and then yeah standard standard was all about 2019 and has been since thrones come out so yeah yeah, maybe we're gonna find some of these 2020 cards that are really cool and fun to play with in the fall like which i guess only means the zendikar ones, but that's still possible. I'm I'm still kinda hoping that we see some kind of like party mechanic standard deck that comes out maybe after the next D &D set, but maybe it just needs the throne cards to rotate. But once we have a small standard format again, maybe we'll see uh spoils of adventure get cast or Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, some more of the sweet party card. Like, is there gonna be a Zagras
0: deck? If you have a full party, Zagris is a two mana four, four flying haste. Come on. Whoa. Speaking of the D&D set, actually, our next question from Michael is what's made you more excited? Magic in your D&D or D&D in your magic? Oh. I
1: Cameron should probably answer this
2: one. Yeah, I really like my my magic in my d and I like the way of I like exploring these worlds. Through means other than the wholesale slaughter implied by magic cards. <laughs> right? Like, I really, really enjoyed playing in Ravnica because Ravnica, I don't know how you have a 10,000 year old ecumenopolis that is in a constant state of war because i mean look at any picture of city that's of a city that's been afflicted by armed conflict and it's not in good shape after a couple of weeks right and the idea that ravnica is kind of constantly in a state of armed insurrection or like civil war is not really that's not sustainable so being able to explore it as just like a person who is living there I thought was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I like the the idea that Ravnica is sort of a jungle, but it's also a city, right? Like it's like unpredictable and unsafe, but but civilized somehow.
0: Mm-hmm. I yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I'm excited to maybe someday do something with the Theros source book that they've released they did a Innistrad one as well like I I, I don't I just, I just don't have that much time to play d d which is a shame but I love the idea of of exploring those worlds in a way that isn't strictly combat but that has combat but that isn't just combat yeah uh, yeah that said what little they've spoiled of the Forgotten Realms set is also very cool
1: yeah, I think the honest answer for me is the D and D and my magic because that's the thing I'm gonna do more. I did just appear on Dice Friends for the first time this spring, but I ha- don't I don't D and D very often. It's just kind of like the sort of third priority in my gaming life or whatever. But uh, I I agree with Cam. Like I think it's it's great to have the opportunity to try to like relish the rich worlds of ma- of Magic the Gathering without like you know just only firing lightning bolts at each other. But, mm-hmm. but probably I'm going to get more use out of the D and D and my magic coming up here.
0: Yeah, I mean that's also true of me. Yeah. Lord Hosk asks, "What is the best black magic card in Innistrad that costs one black to cast and flashes back for five and a red?" Hmm. Is it? Tr- <laughs> Can't think of anything. What's that? Is
1: there? Is it Triskedecaphobia or Fires of undeath? I forget. I have no memory of this place. That's so weird. Yeah. May Keeble asks. Does anyone else feel kind of dehydrated? Like your head hurts a little bit?
0: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Might have bonked into something. I've got my ears suddenly. What's been your favorite card released so far in 2021? There we go. So sort of a a companion to that previous question
1: sculptor of winter oh i don't know like i just did a lot of like honestly like my happiest magic experience of this year has just been playing like gladiator in arena like the first fam jam was pretty fun that's kind of at the center of that the PPRs have also been great but like related to the cards i just like getting draft five color all the time or or you know however many colors you get bombs for in in the snow set of call time
0: yeah call time was was a ton of fun i definitely enjoyed call time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trying to think of what my favorite card would be that's tough. I like a lot of different cards for different reasons. I like some because they're stupid. I like some because they're powerful. I like some because the art is neat.
1: Yeah,
2: like, hmm.
1: oh yeah, I guess I could also have answered this preordained that's in the mail.
2: I, I think I'm just honestly really happy to see uh, Turok.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
2: And, oh, and uh, Svelin. Those are two, like, shout-outs from Fallen Empires. I was just Mm -hmm. kind of happy to see, right? I think the Svelanites were the first—or the first time we saw them was in Fallen Empires. They were the merfolk—or she was the merfolk god. That sounds right. And Torak, I mean, (laughs) needs no introduction.
1: But if you want one, there's a great crapshot I can send you to.
2: Yeah. Aggressive, evasive, efficient is he. (laughs) Also, damn—
1: Mm. oh yeah tam's damn. a good card
2: ben wheeler talked a couple of weeks ago at at like how well designed dam is that's so good right like being able to be hit by modern staple two mana counter spell that counters a two mana spell brain oh it's not spell stutter spell snare spell snare
1: yeah there we go or inquisition of kozlek also takes it right
2: yeah Yeah, it's just a very interesting little bit of design. I don't have
1: a good specific answer, I'm afraid. Fair. Whatever's in the
2: next pack he opens. Yeah. Oh, Sinister Starfish. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Oh, yeah. Sinister Starfish is sweet. Who doesn't love Sinister Starfish? What kind of person? I like Glimmer Baron. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like that little guy aqua amoeba or what's it called Air amoeba wants to be your favorite card yeah no kidding (laughs) it keeps
0: showing up ender asks what alternate art or alternate border styles would you like to see more of in the future well the border styles have sort of changed every time when they do like showcase frames or whatever generally speaking i've enjoyed all of them i'm a fan of less busy borders
2: Mm -hmm. right i like the borderless cards but honestly i think my favorite are still just the old borders
0: yeah honestly um,
2: i find like the new legendary border honestly kind of distracting even though it's not new anymore it's just it's a few years old now it's fair the like the not work ones from Caldheim, again just a bit busy same with the the storybook ones from eldraine just give me like cleaner designs please the cleanest designs. I quite
0: like <laughs> It's funny. I quite like all those ones that you mentioned specifically. I also agree with you. Like I love oh. clean design, <laughs> but I thought that those were also pretty cool. I don't know. Like they're they're pretty. They're definitely pretty.
1: I I really like unhinged lands, so it's like mm-hmm. you know, a lot of art, not all art, but like a, you know, a thin border, a border that feels like it's it's gotten out of the way, but it's mm. there, mm. and like it, it kind of makes makes it feel like the art really pops without you know the edge of your deck being a different color in different places.
0: I really liked the flat graphic style of the Ikoria showcase cards. Yeah, the mutate mm. cards that look like comic yeah. book art. Those those looked great. Yes, yes, those those were cool. I'd like to see more kind of you know playing with playing with the the style as well. I think that'd be neat. Harrison. <laughs> with with a big question here thoughts on the opinion that commander killed pro magic that seems like a weird stretch it yeah i mean it's an argument that people are making like the okay the in the interest of i guess playing devil's advocate the argument is that because commander is so popular that wizards is shifting the eye of sauron from pro play to commander players and so they're taking budget away from pro play and putting it into commander stuff and i think that that is misunderstanding several yeah. different steps
2: not least of which because there is no did i miss a commander pro tour or hmm. like when 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 was the commander like prize purse announced well
1: a command fest happened
0: yeah we had a command fest mm-hmm. like the thing is but it didn't have prizes like if you look purely at the calculus like if if your argument is that wizards is saying that pro magic doesn't make them enough money and commander makes them more pro magic has has like never made them that much money on its own strictly speaking compared to other aspects, right? Like they have this data, right? Of like how many people play magic compared to how many people participate in pro level or competitive magic play, or even are aware that competitive magic play exists, right? And it's a very small
3: percentage of the broader people who play magic.
0: Yeah, James, you can totally chime
3: in. So I think a big reason why this argument might be gaining steam right now is is probably a direct result of this weird period that we now exist in where we just don't know what, you know, finger quotes, professional magic is going to look like. You know, they came out a few weeks ago with the state of OP and how everything is going to be changing in the near future, but they didn't have any actual answers or, or, you know, uh, a plan that they could give us, which means now we just have to assume that professional magic is dead. Well, what killed it? How about the most popular thing that's left, which is commander so i feel like this yeah a lot of this this argument stems from we just don't know what the future of not even just professional magic but also just Competitive magic, and obviously we talked, I talked at length about this in an episode a few weeks ago. I think this is just another issue where if you give us the teeniest bit of information, but don't give us the full picture, then you're just going to let people like this run rampant with these theories that Commander killed pro magic when you, you are probably so very far from the truth on that so i just think it's such a tenuous connection yeah i mean but, but it's a connection that can be made when we have nowhere else to go right like we can't point towards what it's going to look like in the future so we'll just figure out why it's like this in the in the in the present so I don't know i want
1: to uh, i want to play opposite doubles advocate or whatever and i think the big issue here is just that it's like difficult for wizards to see the return on the pro tour because the idea right from the business side of you is that it's advertising more or less right like we we like set this awesome tournament up and look you could be a part of it or at least you can reap the rewards of it happening so that you can get deck lists or tips or learn how to play the game better and then the return for wizards is supposed to be just like selling more booster packs right like getting you know more Cases of cards out of their warehouse and that because people are going to the local game stores to buy these cards and build these decks and play competitive magic but like obviously casual drafters and of course commander players buy those packs too so if you want to believe like because commander exists and that's just the reason that is driving people to buy cards now instead of needing to or wanting to play competitive like 60 card formats or competitive limited like sure that might be the case it's tenuous because it's almost impossible for wizards to know if they're even making a good decision or not right mm-hmm. like maybe the pro tour maybe cra- ca- crashing the pro tour is going to end up costing the millions but it's like kind of impossible to know I, th- I think anyway maybe we could like start having a mandatory survey or something every time I sell a booster pack at YJ it's like hey I need you to, to fill out this 20 minute long form census about why you bought this pack, so that wizards can figure out if they can bring portu back or not
3: i mean the other th- the other thing though is that i i feel like we've been hearing for years that commander has been and and continues to be the most popular way people play this game. And again, it, it feels like we've been hearing that for, you know, almost five years now. And yet they still pursued an entire new way of of tackling pro magic in those last five years. So I I, I don't know. I just don't feel like the argument holds up.
0: Yeah, I think that you can you you can be worried or mad about the state of pro play and be concerned that we don't have any information and that can be a problem and whenever that comes out if you don't like that then that can be you know you can and should make your voice heard and be annoyed at wizards if you think that they made decisions that you disagree with i think it is laughable to say oh that happened because of commander yeah you're you're blaming a format and everyone who plays it for what is ultimately a business decision of wizards that might be a bad decision that you might hate i don't want pro magic to go away i like pro magic i like watching the pro tour and the mythic championships and and all that yeah i spend more money on magic because of pro magic yeah but if it if they gut it if it turns into something you know not bad that you don't like it's not going to be because of commander. Like I, 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 I think the thesis is flawed is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, Mm. I agree with that. All right, well, we'll move on then. Feel free to keep uh, poking your head in James. Next, a question from Tara. What is your favorite non-fetchable land or land cycle that taps for more than one color? That's a very specific question. So non-fetchable land or cycle that taps for more than one color.
2: I just need to liquid swords in here and say, caroose.
0: Oh, yeah. Caroose are good. Caroose.
2: You just like hip check Graham away from the microphone. (laughs) And you just like you hear me coming for like 10
0: seconds beforehand. Just like. (laughs) As I'm reading the question, you just hear like. (laughs) (laughs) Caroose. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm on Shadamore Eventide Filterlands. Oh, like the Graven Cairns in that ilk. In specific, fetid heath, which like I always played one of in my black white legacy deck, and also just like in Highlander decks or or in six card back when you could do that, it was just like the most interesting exercise to figure out like okay, how many of these do I run? Because you can do too many, and then like if you have a handful of them on an on an opener, you're like oh, can't cast any spells, even though like these lands turn your mana every color once you get started. So yeah, I just really like that in, that that mechanic, the play of those cards. Mm-hmm.
2: That that is actually quite fair. Yeah, the, the, are great the math around those those lands is it always got me actually we're just being honest had to cut graven cairns because it made me make bad decisions
1: (laughs) yeah exactly well like in highlander decks like if you're playing three colors you probably only play like all three of them if you have kind of a high land count and like barely any or zero colorless lands right Mm because even getting two in an opening hand is tricky
2: that reminds me though i need to pick up a foil
0: graven cairns (laughs) yes you do oh with with the alt border art spicy our next question i agree with cameron by the way our next question is, would you rather a Battlebond 2 or a Conspiracy 3? Or... New mystery boosters. This question is from Melissa.
2: I think I'm going to have to go with uh, more mystery boosters here. I'm on Battle Bond too.
0: I think I'm on Conspiracy three.
2: Sweet. Our powers combined. <laughs> yeah, not bad, everyone. Nobody's yeah. going to be happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, all three of these will be great, right? But yeah. I think I think maybe Battle Bond. I don't know. it Just seems like there's probably just as much room left to play hmm. uh, mm-hmm. as there was to build Conspiracy two. And I actually didn't like Conspiracy two as much as Conspiracy one. So I'm a little nervous for Conspiracy three. Although to be fair, like I do love the format. I just like conspiracy one more and I haven't played a mystery booster draft yet tears oh yeah so I, it's I, good I would love to play mystery booster number one
0: <laughs> this next question is interesting general consensus is that there are too many products these days I for the purposes of this question we will accept that as as general consensus if you were to cut one product from last year what would it be and why this question is from Nico so in 2020 we had I'm just pulling up a list here well mystery boosters signature spellbook, Chandra double masters a deck build Toolkit for Theros. I don't think that necessarily counts. The Ikoria Commander set, which was also Commander Twenty Twenty, so five of those. Commander Legends, and then as you mentioned, Theros Beyond Death, Ikoria Lair of Behemoth, Zendikar Rising, and Core Set Twenty Twenty One, and then a bunch of secret
2: layers. Double Masters, maybe. Double Masters like made zero impression on me.
1: We got to draft in the woods. That was sweet.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed drafting in the woods, but that that set could just go away, and I don't think we would have lost anything from Twenty. 20. Yeah, the set was kind of wasn't that big
1: a deal. It was a fun PPR. Like, I really liked the count, punt uh, pun, counterpunt we did for that, too. But yeah, like the set itself.
0: Uh, I, I mean, one master set a year, please. Yeah, because we had that. That was technically the master set. And then there was, but there was also Commander Legends. Yeah, Commander yeah. Legends definitely felt like a master set, right? Yeah. It's like the Oubliette reprint probably
2: could have gone into Commander Legends and nobody would have been that hurt by it right <laughs> yeah right like there's just yeah. so many of these master sets
0: oh right there was the unsanctioned like weird constructed unset kinda that was yeah, also in 2020 I- I don't think I opened any of that. Me unless neither. Unless I played in the pre-pre-release. We didn't do a PPR for that one. We did a Friday Night Paper Fight. I've never played it. Are we sure? I, I'm sure I've never played it. <laughs> okay.
1: Is this the one where you have like five half decks and you put yeah. them together? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. No, that wasn't the best
0: set of the year. It was okay. I don't it, it think was that not needed bad. to exist. We could probably still lose double masters. I guess Jumpstart was 2020 and I'll fight you.
2: Yeah, I will fight anyone who tries to cut Jumpstart.
0: I mean, it
1: was 2020, right? So like we didn't have like limited Grand Prix to go to or even FNM really. So obviously like Jumpstart and Commander Legends were just like destined to be the best sets of the year because they're like the ones that made the most sense for how we played Magic that year. Yeah. I just want to get rid of all the secret layers that you can't buy in a local reasonable and throw them into the sun.
0: Gabriel asks, will Friday nights ever come back? Now, we recently, as I mentioned, we put up a YouTube update on the Loading Ready Run channel and in it i mentioned sort of offhandedly that you know that that won't it be nice when we can finally get back together and start making content again you know such as and i listed off a bunch of options and one of the things i mentioned was filming friday nights and a bunch of folks were like holy crap what he said it is this what confirmation and uh, that was a surprise to me because we we have never not confirmed that we have always maintained that we had intended to be filming friday nights in 2020 and then this whole pandemic happened um so yes friday nights will return we're gonna do our own season of it a uh, number of episodes yet to be determined at some point and it will probably feature its uh own small crowdfunding camp specifically for itself because it's sort of beyond well because frankly because wizard isn't paying us to do it anymore and we would like to do it but if you would like to see it someone's got to pay us the extra to do it <laughs> taps palm yeah and so but yeah we we absolutely had always intended to do more friday nights and maintain that we are going to do more friday nights and so that that has not changed more friday friday nights is still on the menu when still don't know but watch this space for updates i guess amphi octopus asks any recommendations on what sets or packs to draft for a group who are all new to drafting we've done lots of commander so we understand magic well enough but most of us have not drafted before Ooh. anything Ooh. that says core set on it yeah i
2: think so yeah. yeah yeah i'm just trying to think of like what got me into drafting
0: oh
1: dominaria is also pretty good actually
0: dominaria can be very powerful
1: but i think it's it's kind of straightforward to the draft Like, I don't remember, like, getting too many confusing drafts of Dominaria.
2: That's fair. Like, I think uh, this is extremely unhelpful. But what got me into drafting, what sold me on the entire, like, concept of drafting was Innistrad. Which is just like, yeah, Mm. all you need to do is track down some Innistrad boosters and then, like, open them. Still a lot of people's favorite set of all time. Yeah. For for limited. Yeah. But, yeah, Dominaria was really good. I liked Eldraine has so much text. What was recent?
1: Actually, it had the most text. Well, Call Time I thought was really good, but it also has a lot of text. Yeah, called on. Actually, Eldraine is not terrible for a first round draft because you get you're incentivized pretty heavily to play one color, right? So like that kind that can help out you know early drafters.
0: The recent Ravnica sets, Guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, in a similar vein, have very defined lanes. Yeah, like um, if you're in Guilds of Ravnica, you're only going to be playing one of five color pairs. Two color pairs, yeah.
2: I also really like drafting with Eldritch Moon. More recently, Madness and Emerge are just cool cool keywords i think they're cool cool abilities on cards
1: maybe don't do this yeah don't do this most recent masters set it might not have the most words on cards ever but it's got like several cards with just one one ability or sorry an ability word that no other cards have so i mean modern horizons 2 it's not a masters it's not a masters wink but yeah i would save modern horizons 2 even though there's a ton of words on the cards call time is like not that bad for beginners i don't think you just want to be a color pair they're all good there's lots of signals because of the uncommon lands which like like don't go that high and drop but they're still just sort of like well if you you know if it's late in the pack and your neighbor passes you port of car you probably know they're not in blue black like if it wheels and there's only two cards left or whatever it's like if your neighbor's in, in blue black and there's three cards left in the pack they're probably going to take that port of car so there's little things like that and then also the fact that just you can play five color i think it's like good for some new players where are just like oh just take some if by the end of pack one you would have no idea what's going on just like try to lean into taking green fixing and just play whatever good cards you get
0: awesome and our last question from Car. Ponogenics is what set that released during the inside times are you most excited to draft i assume that means like draft in person it's got to be call time right
1: commander legends for me
2: yeah oh man
1: mystery booster
0: <laughs> oh boosties, boosties boosties
1: boosties did come out like there were two grand Prix that had them available like- i
0: got to play a bunch of it at pax east so like i have gotten to play mystery boosties in person and i want to do it again it came out in december right or or early january i want to say well the store version came out more recently right right like it was only at conventions
1: until march or april which was really like august or something by the time Jacket had some but yeah it's like the regular the standard releases you know if you're used to just playing one v one draft you did get to do that on arena but i guess the mtgo sets is like yeah any of the modern horizons double master there's another one over the past 18 months i think
0: i mean modern Horizons two Time Spiral Remastered.
1: Time Spiral Remastered. Yeah. Haven't gotten to draft that except no, we played Seal, didn't we? At the pbr Yeah.
0: Yeah, I still haven't drafted it. Anything that's only been available to draft on Magic Online,
1: basically. And I think I think Commander Legends is probably the top of my list there, just because, like Conspiracy, they tricked me into enjoying multi again. <laughs> like they did, they did a really good job with the draft format. I think for Commander Legends, <laughs> and I've gotten to draft it once, which is probably more than like a lot of Magic players. But I, I had a really good time.
0: Nice. All right. Well, that was all the questions, and we're coming up on the hour uh, before editing. So seems like a fine time to wrap it up. And you can get your magic cards wrapped up and sent to you wherever you live in the world by card kingdom who sponsor the show check out cardkingdom.com slash lrr tell them we sent you they'll give you a button it says changelings are cowards they're a great bunch of folks also a great bunch of folks all of you who support us directly on our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run and always thank you for listening i'm graham and joining me has been cameron huh nelson
1: i'm just slipping on these buttery smooth transitions and uh, james briefly insert sound of james
0: voice here no, i'm here what up Bye. (laughs) James also ran the card reader today. Jordan edits these. Heather gets them online. And then you all listen to them. So you see everyone's involved. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.